0: Alright, do we have anyone in here who is a control freak? Do we have any control freaks? Alright, we got a few. We got a few. Thank you for your honesty. For those of you that kept your hand down, I just want you to know you can be who you are here in this place. Um, I also saw a few elbows like raise your hand. Uh, you are a control freak. A control freak is a description of a, used for a person with an obsession of getting things done a certain way. Who in here works with a control freak? Anybody? Yeah. Who in here is married to one? Do not put your hands up. I'm not offering marriage counseling today. Uh, do not put your hands up. It is a description of a person who has an obsession for getting things done a certain way. A control freak can become distressed when someone causes a deviation in the way they prefer To do things. Does anyone know anyone like this? Did anyone look in the mirror and see this person when they got ready this morning to come to church? Is anyone in here tend to to be a control freak? Control is woven. It is woven into our human nature because this is what we believe. We begin to believe that the more we can control the things around us, the more control we have, right? I live this way. If y'all come with me in the mornings at my house, I am like a wild person in the morning. I'm just like, do this, do that, don't ask me why, just do it. Like that's kind of, I may be, you know, if there's a spectrum of very control freak and not very, I'm on the like closer to not, just kidding, I'm on the very side. I just like things to be done a certain way and I have began to believe this story, right? That the more control that I have over everything in my life, the more control I actually have in my life and everything is going to be okay. Everything will be okay if I can just control everything around me. It's woven into our human nature. Some of you may not be a control freak, but you begin to believe this in the world that we live in. If you can control everything around you, everything is going to be okay. But then what happens? There's some moment that shatters your control, that pushes you beyond being able to control anything, and everything is not okay because the truth is the more we control things, the more those things control us. What is your thing? this morning. What is the thing that you are trying to control but now it controls you? Is it your finances? Is it alcohol or some drug that you've been dependent on? Is it, is it the way that you operate in your routine or your schedule? Is it your job? What is the thing that you are holding on so tightly to and trying to control? And if you were honest with yourself this morning, If you were honest with yourself this morning, God would say to you, those things are now controlling you. If anybody's like, I wonder why she's preaching that this morning, I'll tell you why. It's because God is preaching this to me this morning, okay? I try to control everything around me. The board, this leadership board that stood up, they've watched me. They've watched me try to control everything around me because if I can control it all, everything will be okay. And those things begin to control me. And I live life exhausted, anxious, uh, frantic, out of control. Those things that I have tried to control in my life begin to control me. That is the truth. But I'm here to tell you all this morning. Are you listening? If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Those things do not have more power than the grace offered to us through Jesus Christ. Those things that, are trying to con- that, that you're trying to control and have now controlled you, they do not have more power. Are you listening? They do not have more power than the grace offered to us through Jesus Christ. Those words we sang are a promise. New power, new freedom, a new way of living, new wine, new soil. We serve a God who is making those things you are trying to control new. God is making those things new. Through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, God showed us a new way to live. People tried to control so much of their lives. They tried to control their sickness. They tried to control their finances. They tried to control their families. They tried to control everything around them. And what did Jesus show them? God has the power. That blindness that people were suffering from, it doesn't have the power. Because what has the power? The healing and grace offered to us through Jesus Christ. Being called an outcast... It doesn't have more power than what Jesus Christ can offer you. Having five husbands and meeting Jesus at the well, that label doesn't have more power than the new life Jesus can offer. Through Jesus Christ, God shows us a new way to live. A new way to live, one that is not any longer bound by all the things that tell us they're more powerful in this world. Through Jesus Christ, God shows us a new way to live. But He didn't just show us. God didn't just send Jesus here to be a model or a teacher. God sent Jesus here to save us. Save us and make us new from all of the things that try to control us. Through Jesus Christ, God offers us a new way to live. And that new way to live is offered to us through this word word called grace. So often we think of grace as this sort of soft little fluffy thing that God offers us. No, it is a powerful force offered to us by God that changes us from the inside out and then uses us as a vessel and offers that good news, that grace, that freedom, that forgiveness, that mercy to a world desperate for it. Grace is not weak. Are you listening? It is a powerful force that is going to change you And will change our world. Through Jesus Christ, God offers us a new way of living. He raised from the dead. He went to a cross. He went to a cross bearing all of the things that have tried to control us addiction and pain and grief and shame and sin. All of the things that try to control us. He went to the cross carrying those things. And three days later, he was raised. Above all of that through the power of God and that power can and will and does live in you. Those things that have had power and control over your life do not have control anymore. Through Jesus Christ we have new power. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, Paul is a man who... um, very much lived as a control freak. In fact, the guy killed people who followed Jesus. He was not a Jesus follower and he was trying to stamp out this new way of living that God offered to the world through Jesus Christ. He killed people who followed the way. He was obsessed with moving up in power and rank in the Roman government and he did whatever it took to get ahead because if he could control that movement, The government began to control the way that we worked, the way that people acted, the things that they did. And the more he tried to control those things, the more those things took over his heart and began to control him. And then on a Damascus road, on a trade route from from one place to another, Jesus Christ, the grace and brightness and light of Jesus Christ, interrupted his life. He could no longer see And he was offered a new way of living. God said, God said to him, you don't have to live like that anymore. I have a new way for you to live. And he changed his life and his heart. If God can change somebody like Paul, I can promise you this, that grace, that new way of living is alive in you and will be used to change the world. He changed a man like Paul, obsessed with power and greed and control, And those things that controlled him were no longer controlled him because the power of Jesus Christ busted him up, came into his life, and gave him a new way to live. And Paul writes to the church at Rome. He even, like, y'all, this guy was like over it. He was like, I'm not living according to those powers that try to control me anymore. And he finds himself in prison they threw him in prison for, for following Jesus and for subscribing to this way. And so some of the things that I read to you that Paul wrote in this Bible to people, Paul wrote from prison. They tried to like, box his power in. And, and, and these words seeped out into the world. The good news of Jesus seeped out into the world anyway because it's more powerful than a jail cell. It's more powerful than the powers that try to destroy it. The power of Jesus Christ is more powerful than any of those things in your life. What is that thing? What is that thing you named at the beginning? If Paul couldn't be controlled by anything in this world because of what Jesus Christ offered, that thing can't control you anymore. In Romans chapter 8, this is what uh, Paul writes to a church. He says, he, he believes this with all his heart. He says, What then shall we say in response to these things that try to control us? What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, say it with me, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His Son... But gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? You're worried about getting the next promotion, the next job, the next thing, and God has something gracious to give you that is more than any of that stuff in the first place. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies those things that try to tell you you're wrong and you can't can't rise again, it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? Who can condemn you and tell you you're worthless? No one. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, more than just died, He was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God and He is interceding for us. Some of you know the power of what it feels like to be forgiven by someone. You know what it's like for these things to control your life and and you've done something to hurt somebody or hurt the people around you and someone who loves you looks at you and says, I forgive you for what you've done. Some of you in this room are longing for that moment. You are longing to be forgiven by somebody who you have hurt. And I'm here to tell you that God, Paul says, no one, no one can condemn you or hurt you or hold you accountable for all those things. They can't hold you accountable. But I forgive you. I offer you that forgiveness, he says. There's a new mercy. In our world, it is really hard for us not to keep score. We remember everything everybody's done. it I'm the best grudge holder there is in this room, I promise you. I can remember things people have said and done. But what what Paul says to people is that will begin to control you. That will begin to control you. And there is a new mercy, a new mercy that Jesus offers to us, a mercy that frees us up and causes us to live different. What are those things you're trying to control? What is that thing or those things in your life? What does it look like for God to whisper mercy over you? To say you are worthy, you are good, because oftentimes those things that are controlling us is us just trying to prove ourselves, running as hard as we can after things, right? There is a new mercy, a new release, a new freedom offered to us in Jesus Christ. Let's keep reading. This is, what, this is what he says. It'll set you free if you begin to accept this new mercy. Now, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship... What trouble or hardship are you facing? It is not more powerful than the love offered to you in Jesus Christ. Can persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword... Can that separate you from the love of God? No. You cannot be separated from the love of God. If you don't think you're lovely and wonderful and awesome, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. There is a new love. A love like you've never been loved before. Many of us are controlled by things in this world because we think our love is earned. And Jesus Christ came to this world, sent by God to say you are loved just the way you are. You can't earn it. You can't, you can't achieve it. You can't overachieve it. All of those things that you are running after, trying to control in your life so everything will be okay, there is a new love. You are loved just the way you are. There is a new love. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, we are more than control freaks. We are more than whatever it is that we are trying to conquer and achieve. For I am convinced, Paul says, a man who knew what it was like to be controlled by everything else in this world, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers... Neither height nor depth, not anything, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a new power in town. Are y'all listening? There is a new power in town. Death, life, yesterday, tomorrow, the, what you did ten years ago, the things tripping you up. That does not have more power. There is a new power in town, and that is offered to us through Jesus Christ. When I read this week that we are more than conquerors, I thought of all the things I've tried to conquer. I ran a marathon earlier this year, and I remember when I finished it, I was like, I'm a conqueror. I conquered the marathon, right? I know some friends who hiked really hard things. They conquered the wilderness, right? This is a word that we say a lot, in our world. We conquered this. We conquered that That degree. We conquered this job promotion. We conquer, we conquer, we conquer. And Jesus reminds us, God reminds us through the words of Paul that you are more than a conqueror. I read about a, na- a man named Royal Robbins. Has anybody heard of Royal Robbins? He was a rock climber, a professional rock climber. He was one of the first folks to climb. This is a half dome in Yosemite National Park. He do y'all see this right here? He climbed up that. That's wild, right? I've, um, you are not going to be a rock climber because <laughs> I cannot handle it. I'm, I'm going to be a control freak and tell you you can't do that. But he climbed up this half dome and he was telling a friend of mine, my, my friends know him, and he was telling a friend of mine about climbing this and he's climbed it like multiple times and he was telling this story about climbing up the side of that rock, world-renowned rock climbers, He's conquered all kinds of things. And he says, of all the things he climbed, this is the moment that he remembers the most. There was a family, a young family, who had hiked to the top of this. And there was a young boy about 11 years old, wearing a cap, who had made it to the top here. And he saw Royal starting to climb up the side of, that, of this dome, and the boy leaned over. And he started to lose his step, and Royal Robbins thought he was going to watch him fall off. And he said he saw his red cap, and he saw him stuttering on his step over the edge, and he said he remembers, like, catching his breath and his heart almost stopping. And he said he'll never forget. More than anything he's ever climbed, more than any view he's ever seen, the most wonderful part of his entire time of rock climbing was when his dad, out of nowhere, appeared and pulled the boy back to safety. That was his most powerful moment. And I was thinking as I read about us being more than conquerors that that father's love for that little boy, saving him from the cliff of danger was not about control. It was about love and mercy and protection. Our God loves us like that. So many of us feel like that little boy in the red hat. We are hanging over the top of a mountain, teetering on the line of falling off. And the most beautiful sight in the world is not conquering this. It's not conquering the mountain. The most beautiful sight in the world is being saved by a Father who loves us more than we could ever imagine. It is about being loved by a God who wants to protect us from falling off the edge. It is about a God who wants to protect us and love us and offer us new life. New life. That boy began a new life that day. After looking over the edge of that rock and being pulled back, he was more than a conqueror that day. He was a child of God raised up to live life in a new way. This morning, there are some of you who know what it's like to teeter on the edge of that rock and be pulled back by the love of God, be rescued from the edge of the rock. Some of you are longing for that kind of love this morning. I, I'm just gonna offer this moment right now. Clarissa's gonna come up, and I'm gonna have, her, I'm gonna have her sing "Amazing Grace." Chris and I are gonna be up front. If you've Chris is going to be in the back, I'm going to be up front. If you've never given your heart to God, if you've never trusted God through Jesus Christ to protect you from that, I just pray this will be the morning that you come up and give your life to Jesus. That you trust His rescue and His love and the new life He wants to give you. Some of you know what it's like to be rescued and you you, you had the passion and the fervor to serve God after He rescued you, but it's been a really long time and you're just going through the motions. Come pray with us, because our God, through Jesus Christ, offers grace upon grace upon grace. I'm just going to give you just a few moments. You can sit in your chair, and you can pray. You can come up if you, if you want me to pray over you. If, if you are ready for new life, this is the morning. Pastor Chris will be in the back, and I'll be up front. But just for a moment, I, I just pray you'll listen and receive this, this, this moment with God.
1: Ha uh-huh.
0: I need to tell you, this morning, you are going to have an opportunity to offer and sign up to offer that grace to a world desperate for it. Next week, next week, we will not be in here to worship. We are going to worship without walls, and we are going to offer that grace and good news to a community desperate for it. We are going to put our hands and our feet and our lives busy to helping to rescue those people who are teetering on the edge of the rock. Okay. There are going to be four different opportunities for you to sign up for. One of them is clothes to kids. There are kids in our school system who do not have clean clothes to wear to school that fit them every single day. And that organization has reached out to us and asked us to tag items so that we can get them to prepare for kids to wear healthy, clean, new school new clothes to school that help to fit them so that's going to be one option that you can sign up if you have kids bring them with you the second option that we're going to have is we're taking over two laundromats by the bowling alley our future headquarters for horizon church we're taking over two uh, laundromats and we're going to pay for people to wash their clothes and we're going to give them soap and softener and we're going to meet them and we're going to talk to them we're going to tell them how important and special they are we're going to offer grace and goodness to people who are desperate for it some of you will make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches next week you will make them for people who don't know where their next meal is coming from who will find in some part of this city one hot meal to have a day and they don't know where the rest of their food will come from but they will get, be given a brown sack with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a granola bar and a bottle of water and an applesauce so that they know that somebody believes they are worthy of a meal Grace for people teetering on the edge. God's going to use you as the person to pull those people in red caps back off the edge of the mountain. And the fourth option is that we are going to make teacher appreciation kits for the teachers at Shermonte Elementary School. They have a few things that they want, and we are going to pack those kits. So at the end of the service, you are going to have an opportunity to sign up, to offer with your hands and feet and your bodies the grace, the rescuing grace of Jesus Christ to people who are teetering on the edge of their lives. This is not grace that we keep in this room. This is grace that we share with a world desperate for it. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for these people. I thank you for your amazing grace offered to us in Jesus Christ. I thank you for the rescue that you offered to so many of us as we teetered on the edge of mountains. I thank you for your protection and your mercy and your love that pulled us back from the edge and freed us for new life in and through Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that you'll use every hand and foot, every brain and heart in this place to offer that grace and love to a world desperate for it. God, offer your new freedom, your new mercy, your new power, and your new life.